0: The Antidote is here with Jesse Hill, guitarist and vocalist for Over the Ocean. Jesse, thanks for connecting with us.
1: Oh, thank you. Glad to be here.
0: Where is Over the Ocean based out of?
1: Uh, We're from Norfolk, Virginia. That's where we spend most of our time.
0: Okay, so who stands out in the music scene of Virginia, you know, besides you guys, of course?
1: Uh, There's, you know, there's some incredible bands right around here. Most any weekend, you can go to four or five great shows locally. Uh, we've got some really good post-rock bands. One that stands out is called Long Division. Uh, they're great. There's a guy, Wesley Bunch, who has a project called Suburban Living, and it's like a 80s kind of a shoegaze thing almost. That's probably a bad description, but it's, it's cool. Um, our friend Logan Bath, he's like a singer-songwriter. Uh, he just did an awesome album. Um, what else? There's, there's a ton of great stuff. Esburn Snare, I think you've maybe played them on the show. Yeah, Esburn Snare, we've played them. Yeah, for sure. My brother-in-law plays in that band, and they're phenomenal live. There's a ton of great bands around here.
0: You're just one of the mix, because you even mentioned that there was another band that was doing uh, post-rock.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's quite a few bands doing that kind of thing around here. We're the only one that has vocals, which is, I guess, kind of a big no-no in the post-rock world. But we borrow a lot of those sounds, at least.
0: So you're bucking the trend.
1: (laughs) I suppose, yeah.
0: I looked into the band, and I found that Over the Ocean has probably got the most varied list of influences I've ever seen. (laughs) I understand uh, Mogwai, Mono, and Even Me Without You, but how do Leonard Cohen, David Bazan, and Tom Waits fit into the mix?
1: Um, Different ones of us have written all of those descriptions, I guess. Uh, I'm a huge Leonard Cohen fan. I love the way he puts songs together. He can say a lot with so few words sometimes. So a lot of times in songwriting, I'm really trying to channel Leonard Cohen. Uh, let's see, Tom Waits. He's just so inspiring uh, as a musician. I think he's inspiring in a lot of ways. He just does away with every sort of tradition that he can. And you know, when you hear Tom Waits, you hear Tom Waits. You don't hear his influences. You know, that's cool. I admire that. Who else did you mention in there?
0: Oh, David Bazan, Peter the Lion.
1: Yeah, David Bazan, uh, we're all big fans of him. I saw him at a house show a couple of years ago. It was amazing. I think one of the things that's really incredible about him is how honest he can be. Like uh, His song Curse Your Branches uh, had a big impact on me. I listened to that, and it's like he says things so bluntly, and he says things that I'm not sure that I, I had ever heard anybody say out loud before like that whole album just like wrestling with ideas of god and stuff and you know for a guy like me who grew up in the church it was kind of a lot of that stuff was almost shocking in a way to hear someone say it so bluntly
0: yeah because he went through a number of spiritual struggles over the years you ever had anything like that happen in your life
1: Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I think that's probably true of everybody. Everybody wonders about spiritual sorts of things, wonders who God is, if God is uh, someone who can be known or if, I mean, if there is a God or, you know, what the way to God is, I guess. Our new album really is a kind of a reaction to my listening to uh, Curse Your Branches a lot. It's just like listening to that stirred up all these questions of my own and a lot of the songs on the new album came out of that.
0: Yeah, because on the new album, Be Given to the Soil, you've adopted a darker tone than your first album, Paper House. Was that one of the reasons for the change?
1: Yeah, I guess. You know, an album is always kind of a snapshot of where a band was at when they wrote it, or, you know, I I write all the lyrics, basically. Our first album was, you know, a couple years coming. Yeah, I'm not sure how to describe it except to say that it was a a different time in life, I guess, or different things that happened in my life you know, around the time we started writing the second album, yeah, I don't don't know. Well,
0: you talk about how David's music was sort of self-revealing, but lyrically, your songs are quite self-revealing. Does that ever make you feel vulnerable?
1: Yeah, um, you know, our second album isn't out officially yet. We've only put out two songs so far. I'm, in a way, sort of nervous about people hearing it. You know, there's, there's a few things on there that were hard for me, To really say, like writing the song, it was hard to be that honest with myself. I guess Um, one one of those songs is uh, Riverbed. You know, it's about a friend of mine, really good friend who died in a car accident. Trying to actually like write something about that was hard for me, but I felt like I had to do it at the same time.
0: Yeah, because really that
1: song is depressing. Yeah, well, it is depressing, and there's other songs maybe that aren't as depressing.
0: Musicians with a Christian faith generally choose to follow one of two different paths. One route is portraying a pointed Christian message in their lyrical content, and the second is producing music for music's sake alone. Where does Over the Ocean fit?
1: Oh, man, I I don't know. That is the question, I guess. Um, All the songs, obviously, on our first album, and, and I think people will see this on our second album as well a lot of it is about the difficulty of understanding and relating to god you know wondering if you know i i I believe that there is a god who made the world and is involved in the world now and trying to relate to and understand that person but you know one of the things that i hope is obvious and especially our second album is i don't make any claims of having some answers that someone else doesn't have or something you know uh, it's not I don't know what to say, evangelistic or something. I'm not trying to convince people to believe what I believe. I'm just you know, kind of expressing that, that struggle in my own terms, I guess.
0: Over the Ocean has signed to a boutique label, Spartan Records, out of Seattle for your new release instead of continuing the do-it-yourself route that you did with your first album. So how come? Why did you happen to choose uh, Spartan?
1: Uh, Spartan came about through some friends of ours, so uh, John Fraser, who runs Spartan, used to work for Tooth and & Nail, and he um, worked with the band May when they were on Tooth & Nail. Oh, yeah. And they're from Norfolk, Virginia as well, and uh, they connected us with him. He's been doing some stuff for them. He pressed vinyl of uh, Destination Beautiful just recently. Anyway, they hooked us up with him, and it's a great situation for us because three of us have kids some of us are in school. We aren't the kind of, we're not in the position to go on huge 200 day touring things or anything like that. So, uh, having Spartan is great because we get the representation of a label and, uh, you know, he's printing vinyl and stuff like that for us, but it's a small enough label that he's not demanding some kind of huge touring schedule or something like that. It's a good situation for us.
0: Well, if you ever had that opportunity to go on a major tour, would it ever interest the band?
1: Oh, definitely. Um, we went on a small tour a couple years ago in the summer. We went all up and down the East Coast, and it was a blast. We loved it, but at the same time, it's you know it's a, it's a tough road to hoe. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of money that goes into it. You know I have kids and a house and stuff. I'm not in the position to quit my job to go on a tour unless it's paying money. But you know, ultimately, <laughs> we would love to do something like that at the same time it's kind of a risk that you know we're not necessarily able to take right at the moment.
0: Let's return back to the topic of lyrics. Who are you writing your lyrics for?
1: Uh, you know, I try really hard to write as though I'm the only person who's hearing the lyrics or or God, like it's very much just that conversation, me saying things to myself or saying things to God. But at the same time, you know, every songwriter knows that you write songs because you want other people to hear them. That's always in the back of my mind. But as much as I can, I try to really get in this like very focused sort of place where it's not about who's going to hear. It. I don't want to write from the perspective of what people want to hear or what's marketable. I want to do something that's that's uh, true, I guess.
0: Pretty impressive for over the ocean to record your debut album paper house with the entire band performing live in the studio how was the recording of the new album be given to the soil done
1: um it was similar different in some ways so we recorded most of it live Uh, we all set up we put our guitar amps in uh, various closets and other rooms in the studio and then we all stood in the same room with the drums recorded all the instruments live and then i went back and did vocals over top of it And we did a few little guitar things afterward, tracked in a few things, a couple keyboard lines. But it's mostly all the instruments are live.
0: That's a rare thing nowadays.
1: Yeah, I suppose for us it wound up being easier and also cheaper, kind of. If you're well-practiced, you can go in the studio and do things faster that way. Uh, But it meant that we had to work really hard before we went into the studio.
0: Another really interesting song that I found on the new album is arguing philosophies. I really found the lyrics were quite intriguing. And the opening verse says, I come here to find you, to let you speak whatever is on your mind. I will not interrupt, I will not twist your words, I will not plug my ears and tell you that I can't hear. Do you feel that this is a common trait with Christians or does it apply to non-Christians as well?
1: Yeah, a friend of mine said something the other day to the effect that what we think about God says more about us than it says about God. You know, I I think that's true. And that's kind of the perspective I was coming from with that song. So, again, I was trying to write it, direct it at myself. And I I know that I, you know, at times in my life, I have prayed or something, but I, you know, I I wasn't really praying with the idea of whatever God does, I'm okay with, or whatever God says, I'm going to, I'm okay with. I was trying to get certain things out of God and trying to make God be who I wanted him to be. And so that that song is about trying to reject that tendency in myself.
0: He also brought out another interesting song, God in My Own
1: Image. Yeah. What
0: brought that about?
1: Uh, Well, again, that that same idea I was just talking about, our perception of God saying more about who we are than it does about who God is. So, like, in Genesis, uh, it says that God created man and woman in his own image. And, you know, I kind of think now, as modern people, we've created God in our own image. And that means different things to different people, you know, like there's some people who think that God is really approving of who they are and everything they do, and maybe that's true. And there's other people who think that God is really judgmental and demanding. You know, what seems likely to me is that whatever I think about God right now really is about me. doesn't reflect any reality of who he is.
0: Be given to the soil drops on April 2nd. How do listeners get a copy?
1: Uh, Well, we're doing a vinyl only release first, which might be frustrating for people who don't have record players. And uh, I I get that I don't have a record player. But we wanted to do the vinyl first because it's, you know, it's a tangible product. The record cover and the liner and everything is, is really cool. You know, we live in an age of really consumable, disposable media and art. And we wanted to put something out that like, you get the record. The only way you can listen to it is to put it on your record player and sit down. You can't like take it in your car or on your cell phone or something. So we're putting it out that way first. And then uh, sometime shortly after that date, it'll be available on iTunes and sources like that.
0: But this is the trend nowadays, putting out a vinyl release. So you get the fanatics that are just, this is the only thing that we'll do.
1: Yeah, I, I guess so. I hope, I hope there's lots of fanatics out there buying records. That <laughs> we'll see
0: and especially buying your vinyl.
1: Yeah, I'd like to think it's worth a listen.
0: Jesse, it's fun and interesting to find out more about Over the Ocean. Thanks for being a part of the antidote.
1: Well, thanks so much, Dave. I I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me.